This is the Fit Roots Podcast, and I'm your host, Aidan Lee. We are focused on teaching you the best of philosophy, martial arts, health, and business. Our mission is to build modern warriors who enhance their lives through continual physical and mental evolution, and then bestow that gift onto the next generation. Today, we've got Robert Bruce joining us. Robert has been lucky in his professional life to experience many different positions. It all started in the Australian Defence Force when he was just 17 years old. He joined the Royal Australian Navy as a combat systems operator and was responsible for the operation of the warship, radars, sonar and electronic warfare sensors. But he longed for more and soon after found himself in the Australian Army, progressing through his basic infantry training and onto the Battalion 3 RAR and the Parachute School. Beyond the ADF, he has experienced many different jobs and ultimately, he found his feet outside the military as a digital marketer and entrepreneur. Life for him is super busy with three beautiful children, a woman he loves dearly, and several businesses, but he wouldn't have it any other way. He created the Go All In podcast to share the stories of all the amazing people he knows and add some value back to the world with these lessons learned and the heartache and triumph that they have created. His wonderful children are his inspiration and his why. And there isn't a day that goes by that he doesn't recognize that they are watching his every move. With his podcast, Robert believes every person has a go-all-in story of some description, whether it's a politician, a prime minister, or an everyday regular business owner or individual. The one thing that all of these people share in common is that at some point, they all struggle to make it work, but with persistence, commitment, and an unwavering desire to succeed, they came through successful. Welcome to the FitRoots podcast, Robert. It's great to have you here. Hey mate. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you on and I'd be curious to know, Robert, what made you say yes to the show today and why do you want to be here? Uh, you mentioned to me that um, your audience is predominantly men and you speak to men and I think that um, men talking about other men's issues is really important. I don't think that we do that enough. I think blokes are too blokey about being blokey stuff and I think it's um, not a bad idea to raise some important issues and discuss those issues. And I think in a friendly conversation like we're about to have, everybody will learn something. So I think it's a really good idea. So really appreciate the opportunity to, to share my point of view as well, by the way. So thank you for that in advance. No, pleasure. Likewise, honestly, it's great to have you here with a man of your experience. And as you say, we don't get together enough and just just talk it out in the open and uh, for other men and other people to learn. So I'm sure there's many lessons you can share with us. And with your background, Robert, as we've mentioned, you've got a great background in the army and in business. Um, and now obviously you've got your own podcast called the Go All In podcast. What is it that has brought you to where you are now? So you've had some great experiences, as we've mentioned, but a lot of hardships, if you like, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort, and now a lot of reward too. But why are you doing what you're doing now and how have you got here? It's a really great question, mate, to start off with. And I love to have a, a deep, deep conversation, just ditch the superficial stuff and go straight to the core of it, man. I, I love that. You know, sometimes I find myself in positions where the solution to problems is unbelievably complex and I have to use every single bit of information that I've ever learned and every bit of experience that I've ever had to produce the result that the client wants or that somebody needs from me. And I think as you get a little bit older, you get more experienced in the world, um, that kind of becomes second nature and the complexity of what you're able to handle grows with time. And the complexity of the things that I've had to do in business in my digital marketing agency have been pretty extraordinary at times. And I feel like I actually wanted to write a book, but I didn't have the skill or the patience to sit there and write it. And I kind of didn't think that it would be meaningful enough because by the time you write a book about marketing or digital marketing or the industry that I'm in, by the time it's finished, it's kind of redundant. And I thought that there would be a better way to do that. And really, when, I'm, when I looked at it, writing a book is about sharing your thoughts and opinions. And I figured that if I didn't have the patience or the actual skill to write it and to the commitment to actually do it like that, I couldn't, I just couldn't be all in on writing a book. That's the reality of it. I just didn't have the skill set. But I did have the ability to broadcast something. And I decided that what could I do for 500 episodes? What, who, who, what could I talk about for 500 episodes? And I looked at my life at what, how I've played in my life. And I play full out. I go all in on stuff. 
And, you know, that, the goal in catch cry, that's not mine. It's, everybody says that. Everybody has that story. Everybody has that adage in their life. And at some point in your life, your listeners have gone all in on something and they've come out the other side either as a screaming success or they fell flat on their face in failure. And I figured that I could take every bit of skill set that I'd learned over the years and put that into a podcast and share other people's stories. And by sharing other people's stories, it feels like I'm really giving back. And I feel like I'm giving back a little bit better than I ever would by writing a book. I feel like writing a book is maybe shouting down a well or down an empty hallway a little bit. There's not really much feedback that you get from it. But broadcasting and telling other people's stories really does affect people. And I get some incredible feedback from my podcast, as you will, from yours about from, from the most random things that you ever thought. I had a text message today saying, man, I was standing on the edge thinking about getting going and getting started and doing it. And I decided to go all in and now I'm all in. And it's like that. And I'm like, well, who is that text message from? I don't know. I can't remember who that person is, but obviously I've affected somebody and, you know, they, they've listened to a show and they've thought about it. And, then, you know, to, to answer your question, it's a long way of answering the question, but to be a bit more succinct, it's about giving back. It's about telling other people's stories. And I feel like when I tell other people's stories, I'm offering a bit of a service. And when you help and serve others, you kind of live up to your, to your potential a little bit more. And I've got a high expectation of myself. And I don't, I, sometimes I feel like a, like a caged lion man pacing around my apartment or I pace around my office at work. And I feel like I've got so much more to offer. And broadcasting and sharing other people's stories helps me feel a little bit less caged. Awesome. Yeah, you can definitely see the passion coming out of you. And I definitely think you are more suited as a broadcaster uh, than an author. Not that you couldn't write, but I think, as you say, with the style and what you do, and especially your expertise in your business in digital marketing, it just seems a lot more current and present mm-hmm. to voice yourself in, in such a manner. I'd be really interested to know, Robert, uh, how your background in the army has shaped you today. What are your thoughts on that? So, yeah. Uh, it's a funny, it's a funny question, and it's a funny. I get asked that a lot. Do, you know, I've been out of the military for nearly twenty years, and uh, I got out in two thousand and two. So I guess it was what eight, eighteen, sixteen years I've been out. You know, it's the better part of twenty years, and I was in for nine years. I was in the navy first, and then I was in the army second. So I was in two services. I got to experience two different, two completely different jobs, two completely different services. Um, I, I think what it really does is it makes you turn up on time. That's the one thing that it definitely does does do. Um, but there's no such thing as an ex-soldier. Um, you think that you get out, but you actually never, ever get out. And you like to think that you leave that life behind you, but you never, ever leave that life behind you because when you do it, you're a young person and you're very, very influenced. Other people would say you're very brainwashed. I'd have to agree with that. just depends on your perspective if you're on the outside or the inside. The inside's influenced. The outside is probably brainwashed by... <laughs> You know, a, a government that requires you to do pretty heinous and horrific things. Um, but it, I think it's set, it's put me in good stead, particularly from an instruction perspective. I learned to instruct very well. The techniques that, that you, you get, that you learn in the military related to training are very effective. And I've managed to carry that over and maintain that. I remember when I first got out of the military, I had an um, electrical contracting company and we had about 25 staff after a, a, just a couple of months. It was a really successful business. And I remember the people needed to be at this work site at five o'clock in the morning. And I just had, I just did not believe that they were going to turn up. I didn't think these ratbag civvies would turn up. And I'd only been out of the army for, you know, half an hour. And I was, I was surprised to see that they were standing on parade ready to go for me to mark off the roll and make sure that they were going to get paid there because they all wanted to get paid for the work that I was doing. So I was able to effectively manage and corral people together really well. And those skills have translated well for me um, into my life. The thing that I think it affects the most is my, um, my daughter. My, my daughter is 11 years old and she's exceptionally fast at getting ready. She could, she could be ready inside of 90 seconds, which is kind of fun, you know, like, oh, come on, hurry up. I could do that to her and, and she really can be dressed and ready to go out the door in 90 seconds. She's organized from the night before, ready for the next day. Um, and I think that it's funny, we joke all the time, you know, it's been raining here today and I said, she asked me for a lift to school. I said, no, this is the infantry. You walk to school. You, know, you walk <laughs> everywhere in the infantry and you only get wet once. Don't worry about it. Mm. And I play with that a lot. 
and she laughs about that as well and she thinks it's funny and we have we, you know we play with that it's, it's really cute and it's rubbed off on her and it's rubbed off on her in a way that she doesn't realize because she's going to be 19 or 20 years old and living with her mates in a shared apartment or something and she'll be ready in 90 seconds flat wondering what they're all doing faffing around but so that, those skills have translated for me into the work environment for sure from a management and training perspective but they've also the, the core values of it have rubbed off on my on my daughter nicely. I'm not sure about my missus. I think it annoys her a little bit sometimes, but that's just kind of that's fun and that's par for the course for any ex-soldier that'd say the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, some interesting perspectives, especially from uh, the woman in your life. I can I can only imagine yeah, for sure. that mix of things uh, translates into reality. But it's very interesting um, how these skills do translate over to the rest of your life because. I've witnessed a lot of people who are either in the army and, and or martial arts as well. I think there's very, a lot of similarities between us guys and um, <clears throat> we're able to take those soft and hard skills, which we do learn in that environment and then bring it back to what we need to focus on, whether it be business, personal uh, relationships, uh, making money, whatever it might be. So I'd also be interested to understand, Robert, you said with your daughter and your wife and your family, that's obviously great. We'll go into that shortly as well, but how has, the army affected your business. So you talked about uh, management leadership, but you've started a few businesses as I'm aware and one which is very successful at the moment, but tell us how you got to that stage using those kind of skills. You know, it's a great question. And I think it's less about the military skill set, but more about the mindset of having a go at something and you know, no, nobody ever got into a deal or into an investment or into a property or into a business thinking that in six weeks' time the thing was going to fall flat on their face and they're going to lose all the money that they put into it. At the idea, at the time that you have the idea or the opportunity, it always seems like the best thing in the whole world and, and you have a go at it. And I think I, I take my time to analyze things. I think as I get a little bit older, I'm better at analyzing things. And over the years, I've looked at opportunities and thought, man, that looks really good if I just go for it with that and I just have a, have a go at it and do it properly and see it through to the end, then maybe it'll turn into something. And I think it's less about the military attitude of, you know, that mindset that you get from the military and more about the mindset of just having a proper go at it and going all in on it. And maybe that's a bit that comes from the military because it, it breeds a little bit of, uh, it breeds the fear out of you a little bit. You know, you have a healthy respect for things, but you learn to be, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche these days, but it re you really do learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, lying in the mud, in the rain, in the cold, in winter, and there's nowhere else to go. And you just, you've got like six hours, nine hours of darkness ahead of you in the jungle when it's freezing cold and, there's just no way to get warm. It's just really super unpleasant. And the unpleasantness that you experience in the, especially in the infantry, does translate to a bit of a tougher mindset on the outside because it gives you something to compare to. You know, you remember that time we were stuck in the rain and it rained for like four. Remember that time we were stuck on the mountain and it was snowing? Remember that time when we had to jump out of a plane and it was like minus 20 degrees? You've always got a, a reference point that seems worse than the previous reference point that you had. And at the time, it feels like the worst thing in the world. But as you move forward in your life, you realize those experiences are pretty good for you. And I've, I've failed plenty. I've had a go at things and failed big time. I've lost a lot of money in deals. I've lost a lot of relationships that have gone sideways on me, but I never expected at the front end of those things that any of that would happen. I thought that this was it. This is my ticket. You know, here's my ticket to the millions of dollars that I've been looking for and the financial freedom I've been seeking. And unfortunately, six or nine weeks later, six months later, 12 months later, I come up short and it just doesn't work out. And I've just, I've just been of the belief that you never really fail at anything until you completely quit so doesn't matter what it is just keep moving forward and if you do have obstacles that come up in front of you and you do seem to have what appear to be failures it doesn't matter it doesn't last forever just pick yourself up dust yourself off and go for the next thing don't worry don't look in the rear vision mirror it doesn't matter you can't change what had happened but don't look too far forward into the future either thinking that whatever you're working on is going to be the ultimate solution. 
concentrate on what you can control right now and work with what you've got. And I think that's where I've managed to be successful. I've been able to work with what I've got and a bit of perseverance and a bit of discipline to keep going in the face of what feels like overwhelming odds. There's salvation on the other side of that. There's freedom on the other side of that. And, and that's worked really well for me. Brilliant. And yeah, as you say, it's not really about, you know, failing. I think one of the things, especially as men, but also in, in the business world in particular as well, is it's kind of, I wouldn't say frowned upon, but it's something that failures aren't really discussed often. And yeah, maybe nowadays there's a little bit more of it. But uh, as you say, the failures are what shape you as you are now and the direction that you're going in, in the future. And without them, like you, I've made countless failures since starting business. Yeah, I've had uh, a lot of martial arts experience in, in this health and wellness industry since I was young, but no business experience. And it's a different ball game. And combining the two together, you know, really humbles you because you may be skilled, but you may not have the skills on top of that to make it a success business-wise. So it's really interesting to hear how you've done that. And segueing from there, Robert, I'd like to understand, you know, your key message is obviously all about making people or enabling them to go all in. But what do you think stops people from going all in? People have an out. They always leave themselves an out because I think I think part of the part of the issue that we suffer from today, good or bad, you have media you have media coming at you from so many different places. And again, good or bad, it just depends on on your perspective. And from a good perspective, you have a lot of media coming at you about this really successful fellow who did this really amazing thing, or this really successful woman who did this amazing thing, and they've got these great businesses and they've got these automated incomes and they see all these wonderful things and you're like, man, I just want a piece of that. And then you listen to their material, you might buy their courses, you do all of their stuff, you follow through with it all, but it doesn't really translate into anything. I think part of the problem is that everybody is looking outwards for a solution. They're looking at other people's success, trying to emulate other people's success and copy what it is that they've done to help them get there as well. And I think before you look outward, start looking inwards yourself because you as an individual are a hundred times smarter than all of those people put together. Nobody's told you that. That's the problem. And for some reason, you don't believe that you are, but you are the most powerful human being on the, on the earth. And Whoever's listening to this show, hear this, but it's up to you. It's not up to somebody else on the outside of you to do it for you or to copy or emulate their success. It's totally up to you. And if you just look inside yourself and believe in yourself, I think you can achieve real greatness. And I think it's within each of us and it's up to the individual to pull that out of themselves. Stop looking out for a solution. Start looking in for a solution and the go all in philosophy is about that it's about you going all in and you doing it for yourself there's no such thing as a self-made man well i don't believe there is but it has to start with you and unless you decide and make a decision to go all in on something whatever that is your relationship your finance your business anything whatever it is that you're all in on and stop looking externally for a solution when you, once you start doing that, amazing things will happen for you because you can't, your ego kind of gets out of the way and opportunities just present themselves just out of the blue. Just stuff becomes attracted to you and stuff happens and that's all because of you. Yeah, and you or I or whoever in reference here had to initiate that. And as you say, yeah, I, I don't believe in self completely independently self-made people either because you know you have to have a network of, of good, positive and helpful people behind you. But the message there is so key because all the time now we're told to, oh, look at this, look what that person has, look what you could have, look what you can be. But in reality, as you say, in order to really achieve that, you have to go inwards. There's, no, there's nothing like self-knowledge rather than just knowledge uh, for the sake of it. So that's why and one of the biggest reasons, which I completely understand and agree, Robert, that people don't go all in. Now, obviously, you've given a solution where you can say, right, okay, turn inwards and you can go in. But from there, I think you've uh, seemed to have had a bit of a revelation with this yourself recently with your podcast. Have you actually then taken this to yourself and gone a lot more inward recently to create the project, the go all in project and podcast that you're working on now? Absolutely. You know, 
I've been around a few around the block a few times. It's not my first rodeo trying to start a business or start something new and try something. And by by far and above, this was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And from looking from the outside, looking at it, you go, "Oh man, it's doing really well. It's very successful. You seem like you really enjoy it." But yes, it, yes, yes, and yes, that was that's all true. But it was very hard to get to this point, and it was all about. Um, me getting out of the way of myself. I had a couple of ideas, you know, when I decided that writing a book's not the way to do it and broadcasting and podcasting is the way to do it. The ideas that I had to begin with felt really kind of weak. I originally had an idea about marketing, then an idea about futurism, and then I had to look introspectively at myself to decide what it would be about. And, you know, what could I, what could I record 500 or 1,000 episodes about and I can't. I don't have that much content in my in my brain. You know, I'm not a university professor, professor or a philosopher, or you know, I'm just not that much of a deeper thinker. And the idea of telling other people's stories is something that really resonated with me. And so, the, once I got the idea bedded down, I really struggled to actually get started with it. And the reason I struggled with that was because I had this voice in front of my head going, "As, as if anyone's going to listen to that." What? <laughs> Who do you think you are, man? Why do you think that you would be what? You've got no business doing that, man. It's not interesting. It's boring. That what a stupid topic. That's dumb. No one would be interested in that. And I, and I realised along the man, it was like so hard. I was, I never experienced anything like it because here I am, you know, the, the big tough paratrooper, jump out of an aeroplane and don't even think twice about it, and you know, shooting guns, running around, blowing stuff up, running businesses, everything in my life is doing really, really well. You know, the bubble that I live in is fantastic. But when it comes to sort of putting myself out there, all of a sudden I, I had this, these blocks telling me that I couldn't do it. And I realized, what I realized was my ego was in the way. And I never realized how far forward in my life my ego was. And when I put my ego aside and I stopped listening to those voices, and said, no, Rob, you've actually got some important things to say. The information that you're, you want to share with people is useful, it's relevant, and if you just help one or two people along the way, it's worthwhile doing. And for me, once I stopped listening to that ego, once I stopped concentrating on the reasons why I couldn't, because I don't know why, I've never in my life ever told myself that I can't do something or I'm not good enough for something, but here I was, all I wanted to do was talk on a microphone and record it. You know, I could just do that by myself. I don't even need anybody. And I was like, no, you can't do that. No one will listen to it. And I forced, I had to work really hard. I had some people helping me, um, putting, help me put my ego aside, help me identify what was wrong. And once I broke through, man, my whole life improved actually because I, I never realized how much bravado and how much ego and how much masculinity was there in in the forefront of my life. I think it's partly because I run a business and there's staff and there's people and I'm always telling people what to do. I'm the one that's in charge and you have to lead from the front and do all that. But what I realized is you don't have to lead from the front and, and be a jerk about it. You can be nice about stuff. You can do do the right things. So this podcasting journey for me has been very self-reflective and it's really forced me to look inwards very, very hard because looking outside at Gary V or Tim Ferriss or Jocko Willick or some other podcaster out there and go, man, that's what I want to do. That's the example. I could do that. I could do it better. That really didn't mean anything because I had this inward voice saying to me, you're a jerk. Don't do that. That's You've got no business doing that. And I'm like, hey, voice, you're a jerk. You've got no business telling me and I'm going to do it anyway. And it's become really successful as a result. I feel a lot happier as a person as well. Um, I think my relationships might have improved. And I think having really deep and meaningful conversations with really cool people like yourself has helped me a lot as well to overcome that ego that was there. So that's been a really, as I look back at it now, it's kind of a little bit funny. You look at it in hindsight, but during while I was experiencing, it wasn't very fun at all. It was very unpleasant. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, look, if there's anyone taking their own advice, this is a great example of it. A lot of people spout things, but don't follow up themselves. So that's uh, super interesting to hear. And I think this journey for you, obviously, we both started roughly around the same time, but it's only been a few months. And, um, you know, yeah. the fact that you've grown so much and been able to put your, your ego aside uh, in, in the sense that it wasn't serving you as much over these last couple of months and how it's already transformed your life. Imagine this is only the start. Imagine six months. 12 months, one year, 
where you're going to be and where uh, your vision and your mission is going to be. So with that in mind, Robert, what are your goals for the next one, three and five years? Could be both business and personal and especially for the goal in mission. Yeah, for me, I don't really disseminate between business and and, um, personal life because I work for myself and I have for such a long time. Those two things are intertwined and melded together. But, you know, if I had to kind of disseminate between them, I would say the the goal in podcast and brand is what I'm concentrating on building in the next six months. And in the next 12 months, I want to turn that into a movement. I want to turn that into something bigger and better. I'm going to build an app for it. There's a whole series of things that are coming. There's a whole series of products and services that are there related to business um, because I need to eat. I need to make a living out of it. And if I can monetize it, I'll, I'll monetize it, but I'll do it in a way that's meaningful to people and it gives back and it helps. And I get to use my digital marketing skill sets to do that in a more eloquent way. I want to bring communities of people together. I think um, mutually supporting communities are a really, really great way to move forward with the goals that you're looking to achieve, um, whatever it might be in your life, whether that's relationship, finance, or business. I think it's really, really important that you've got a, a, a community of people that support you that is ancillary and outside of your existing circle of friends. I think it's good to do that because those people are all trying to do the same thing as you. And having independent people around you like that moving in the same direction as you is really important. So as that brand and that business moves forward, I really want to focus on growing that. And I'm loving what I'm doing at the moment in terms of uh, broadcasting and sharing other people's stories. And I ultimately want to turn that into a TV show and make that something um, a little bit more meaningful, a little bit increase the depth of those connections, the depth of those interviews. There's nothing like doing something face-to-face. It's mean. It's fine to do it over the internet like this, but it's another thing altogether. It's a different dynamic when you see somebody in front of you. Um, so that's that's in the next 12 months. Um, as I move forward, my kids are getting bigger. My daughter's about to enter high school, so there's some really important times in her life coming up, and I just want to make sure that I'm positioned in my business and financially so that I'm around as much as I need to be for her and as much as she needs me to be because I'll become the dorky, annoying dad soon enough even though i'm not quite there yet so she's still she's my little shadow still but that's not going to last much longer um so to me that's that's paramount to the plan in moving forward i want to travel a little bit more with them and um this business that i have enables me to do that so some pretty exciting things in the pipeline i'm excited i'm excited about life i'm excited about my business i'm excited about the brand and the success that i've achieved so far in such a short space of time and as you say imagine where i'll be in six or nine or 12 months so um, it's hard to kind of visualize it when you're down in the weeds right now and you're you're fighting and you, you're working away and head down ass up type thing but i know when i lift my head up i can see that man i've come such a long way and there's so much further to go and i'm just going to keep pushing forward and, and keep on going all in for as long as i need to to, to reach the goals that i'm looking for yeah i know you will and i'm excited for you too because i know that uh you talked briefly there about the success you've already had. And I, I think you actually mentioned some of their names, but we were talking uh, off recording about in Australia, correct me if I'm wrong, but you managed to get to the number one spot in iTunes in Australia with the Go All In podcast. And as a result, topping, uh, overtaking, is it Gary V, Jocko and any others? But if you got to number one, that's already a great achievement. Yeah, it's a um, it's pretty exciting that that happened. I was I listened to a lot of Jocko Willick stuff, so I was I would have been happy if I just parked up next to him and I did that pretty quickly. And I I was proud of my screenshots and I was all, all of that. And then I I went past that and I was like, yeah, whatever. And it went past Gary Vee and all that. It moves around a little bit. It's kind of like SEO and websites and stuff like that. I definitely hold a, a consistent top ten position. Um, and you know, periodically throughout the day, you look at it. And it's in number one, then it's in number three, um, but it definitely has been in number one, and it's been locked in there. I didn't believe it myself. I had a few people ring me, "Hey, do you know you're in number one?" It's number one. What? I've never been number one anything in my life. I've been the first person to jump out of a plane many times, but that's because my name is Brass. It starts with a B, and I'm at the front of the queue. No, no other reason. But um, yeah, so it's it's kind of nice to be have that validation that what i'm doing is is resonating with people i had a couple of calls today a few text messages from some friends and family that have have been listening to it um some guests that i've invited on have been told about it 
before they'd come on the show as well. So there's a couple of really interesting things that are happening. So I seem to be reaching a wider audience and that's exciting for me as well. The the more people that I can reach, the, the faster that movement will take effect. And I want to create a movement of people that only know how to go all in. So when you make a decision to do something, you're going to go all in on it. You're not going to leave yourself an hour. You're not going to give it a go and see. I want to create a movement of people that just go all in. Because when you hear the stories of people that go all in, they're inspiring. I'm inspired when I hear these people's stories. I steal their IP. I get to have a little consult with them while I'm talking to them on a podcast. But I'm inspired by that stuff. And it's exciting for me to be telling those people's stories. And I know it's inspiring for other people as well. So as it moves forward and gathers a bit of momentum behind it, I'm, I'm sure we can turn it into a movement with T-shirts and hats and everybody says, that, yeah, man, I'm going to do this. I'm all in on this. And people say that anyway, but I want to put some kind of branding behind it and create that movement. That's exciting for me. Yeah, and I know you will because there's uh, this inherent desire within us as humans, but particularly the kind of people you're looking to target, that we always have this notion that we can do more, we can go in and we can go all in a little bit more. And sometimes yep. we just that environment and that community around us to help us support our mission and therefore the wider mission, which is what you're trying to do. So that's, that's really good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that and being a part of that myself too. So Robert, with these things in mind, obviously you're looking at building further success from what you've already done. Could you share a few personal habits and or daily routines that contribute to your success? Yeah, man, as, a, uh, as an ex-military guy, it's pretty easy to say that. Um, exercise, man. Exercise every single day without exceptions. Um, it's, I haven't had a chance to have a workout today as we record this. It's uh, going on 10 p.m in my time zone but as soon as I finish recording here man I'm going straight to the gym the gym's 24 hours for a reason and I'll go to the gym for probably I jog on the treadmill for half an hour I'll ride a bike for a little bit the weather's really awful outside so kind of got no choice but to do that and especially at night time as well you know there's probably 45 to an hour of cardio and then 30 minutes of a bit of calisthenics or some weights or something like that I'll be there for 90 minutes come home have a shower and, and, and crash, you know, normally that's the front end of the day that that happens, but I just don't feel like there's any excuse not to do that. Um, once upon a time, it was cool to go out and drink 10, 10 pints of beer and run amok with your mates and do that, but I think it's less cool to do that these days, and as I get a little bit older, I can't do that, and I think it's more cool to be fit and healthy and show a better example for my kids about being active and, and maintaining an active life, lifestyle and not drinking, not smoking and doing all of those things. Beyond that, I like to, um, to learn something each day. I think whether that's by, by choice or just by, by virtue of what I do for a job and the people that I'm talking to, I'm always learning something. And each day I feel like I've achieved something because I've learned something. I do have a guilty pleasure in there as well. Um, as a private pilot, um, I, uh, I do like to play um, flight sims. I do, I do like to go away and tear a hole in the sky in a fighter jet or drop a bomb on a baddie or fly an instrument approach somewhere. Um, it just feels like a really visceral thing for me and it's a really satisfying thing. You know, I kind of giggle to myself every now and then. Other people go out and do all sorts of other things for fun, but here I am sitting in front of a computer flying an instrument approach in zero visibility. You know, that's like probably the most stressful thing you could do as a pilot, but here I am doing it for fun. And um, I really kind of enjoy that. It takes, what it does is it take, I always do it at the very end of my day and it takes everything out of my head. Every single thing that I've ever done throughout the day is gone because 150% of my attention is spent on concentrating on something else. And I feel like it almost, it's almost like a form of, emptying your mind and forcing and focusing my attention onto that one thing that I was doing. I used to have an Xbox and I would um, tear around in a Formula One car for about 10 laps and then go to bed and I would have the best night's sleep ever because everything that I was thinking about was completely gone because I'm only focusing on not running off the track and, you know, the thing goes so fast. They're hard. The things are hard. The games are hard. And, that is a little bit of a guilty pleasure that I do. Maybe I spend a little bit too much time doing that, but um, I do enjoy it. It's fun. 
Yeah, great. And I love the way that you made uh, training and exercise a non-negotiable thing, even though obviously you're in Australia, I'm here in the UK, it's late there at night, you know, you're still going to get it in. I know you normally do it in the morning, but the fact it's that dedication, it's, there's no other option. It's do it or don't do. It's not, there's no trying. There's no, there's no choice, man. There's no choice and there's no excuse not to go. What am I going to do when I finish talking on a podcast here with you? I'm going to have a shower and go to bed. Then what? Come on, man, you, you, you can spend another, you can stay up for another hour, you can stay up for another nine, you can stay up even for another half an hour and do something. There's just no excuse not to do that activity. And while it feels like, um, you know, I'm like everybody, oh, I go on outside, it must be 10 degrees outside, it's cold, you know, I don't want to put my runners on and my shorts on and go out there. I don't want to do that. But I know, I know five minutes into it, I feel great. And 20 minutes after it, I feel amazing. And so I just know, just from years and years of doing it, I know that it's a good thing for you. It feels good. So just suck it up and get on with it. No excuse. Exactly. And half the battle, as you rightly said there, is actually just turning up. Once you turn up, you realize it's worth it. But until you turn up, you're not going to know that. Totally, 100%. <laughs> awesome. And with the um, the flight simulator stuff, yeah, that's cool. I, like I've tried a bit of that stuff before, but it's good fun. But I, I'm interested also in how you kind of switch off using that because I guess for you there is a practical application too. You are a, you know, you do uh, piloting, private piloting in your own time as well. So um, it makes sense. And I could see why it's in, for ourselves, especially as a businessman, it can be hard to switch off. You know, I normally read and do, or listen to podcasts and things like that yep. but sometimes doing something completely different like playing a game is, is gonna work a different part of your body and your brain and just allow you to completely switch off because i'm kind of like one of those people like yourself just always wanting to learn and that's even right until the moment i go to bed but it's quite um if you like an intellectual burden which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's keeping you in that state of mind 24 7 i think i can identify what it is you know flying a uh, flying an airplane is all about flying the numbers and you, you need to enter, if you're, gonna, if you're landing an airplane, for instance, you need to enter the circuit at a certain speed. You need to be positioned in a certain place in time and space. And you need to be able to fly the airplane accurately. And if you can fly the airplane accurately on the numbers and be on the numbers consistently and you get the thing on the ground and, you know, it, it feels really, really satisfying to do that in real life. And it feels just as satisfying to do that with a video game. Um, surprisingly, even though there's not the movement and it's not the 3D thing that's going on there for you, but it, the same satisfaction is true. It's you know, and it's hard to to get a machine that has inertia to slow down and to get yourself onto heading accurately and to consistently do that. In some ways, I call it the ultimate pursuit of perfection because when you go and do it with somebody in the airplane with you and you're responsible for somebody else's life, you want to make sure it's as perfect as it could possibly be. And practicing that constantly just feels really good. That's why I like it. That's how, that's, I think that's what it is that I use to switch off is I'm pursuing perfection in doing something like that. Yeah, and something different. And yeah, because I tried um, when I was younger, we had this uh, remote control, you know, pet- petrol one, a nitro helicopter, and it had yeah. the simulator as well. And it, I was just shocked at how hard it was to <laughs> do the simulator. So you never actually got around to flying the real thing because it would just be keep yeah. crashing the actual simulator within 10 seconds. It's, uh, yeah, it's really hard. So props to you. It's not, you can't take your focus off, that's for sure. Absolutely. And that's where, you, where your attention is spent all on that and your attention is taken away from all of the ancillary things that you'd been thinking about throughout the day. So it's a good thing. Good, good way to wind down. I love it. Love it. So Robert, what has been your best success to date? I mean, that's an easy question. Uh, that's a loaded question. My kids. My kids. Um, my kids are happy, healthy, really well adjusted. I feel so lucky, you know, to have such wonderful, beautiful children. I've got um, a 17-year-old son, uh, another son that's about to turn 16, and my daughter who will turn 12 in a couple of months like that. And I'm endlessly surprised at how well adjusted they are, given that I'm slightly crazy and a bit like right of centre in some things. And like I'm pretty intense. I'm a pretty intense character, especially with the boys. You know, I'd say that I'm, I'm raising men. I'm not raising boys. And they seem extremely well-adjusted. When I speak to them, they're always really happy. They're always outgoing. Everything's really good. When I speak to my daughter, she's always really happy and kind and loving. And that's like the greatest thing that you could ever possibly want in your life is 
for your children to be happy and healthy. All the business success and all the money and all of that stuff is actually completely irrelevant to me. And I think I've it's, it's important, don't get me wrong, but you could strip it all away from me tomorrow and so long as the kids were there and the missus was there and everyone's happy and healthy, I could start. I could start again 10 times in my life. I don't really care about any of that. It's important because you need to make a living and you need to eat, but what really matters is your family. And I think I've got a slightly different perspective. I think most military guys and girls have a different perspective on things. Um, when nobody's shooting at you and your feet are pointing at the ground, life is pretty good and life is pretty easy. And anybody that's ever experienced any type of loss in the military will tell you that your job is to live the best life you can in their memory. And the best thing that I could ever do and the best life that I could live would be by making my kids as healthy and as happy as possible because they're the ones that carry on from where we've left off and, and take over from the sacrifice that those other people have made. I've just got a slightly different perspective. Maybe it's a bit intense. Maybe it's a bit full on. I don't know, but that's my perspective. And um, by far and above, my children are my, my greatest achievement. And I'm very surprised at how well they get on with each other. They don't fight, which is pretty interesting, I found. <laughs> yeah, very unusual, I think. Because uh, and uh, I don't yeah, know, right? yeah, very. And it's I think it's it's very uh, respectable, Robert, because a lot of um, especially in business, a lot of businessmen, you know, we we can be inclined to put business before everything, which I can see why. And don't get me wrong, I I do that, but maybe I don't really have apart from my mum and uh, brother and niece and auntie who live with me. I don't have a. Uh, a family, I don't have kids and a wife yet and things like that. So I can maybe focus on business a bit more now whilst I've got the yeah. time and the luxury and the freedom to do so. If and if I do decide to have a family later on, then, then so be it. But it's all I guess refreshing as well because nowadays there there are a lot of kids who are brought up and they haven't been given that kind of love and attention that you're giving and they're not they ha haven't been uh, prioritized as they should. You know, I'm thinking if you're going to bring someone into this world, make sure they leave it a better place or become a better version of yourself. And I think you can really see that in how you, you look at them as your best success because you are molding them to be the best people they can be. They get big quickly. I, I don't think um, people realise. Um, Cameron is in his last year of high school. He's about to leave school. You know, he's got his licence. He's got a car. I only brought him home from the hospital last week. That's what it feels like, you know, in, in the, the first, just, just wedded 17 years ago, my God, it just flashed by so fast and all of a sudden he's, he's a man and he's going to make his way in the world and do what he wants to do with his life and I'm there to support him. So I'm just aware that they don't stay little for long and you've got to, you just got to, you've got to make the most of it. And, you know, to your point about some business guys saying that their biggest achievements are related to business, I think in some ways people say that because everything is really good at home and their kids are all right, their, their wife is okay, their families are good and everything like that. So when you ask them a question like that, they naturally gravitate towards business because that's a big achievement, that's a really good thing. I kind of look, I flip that on its head, I flip that model on its head and think, yeah, business is just takes care of itself. It's fine if I work hard and concentrate on what I'm doing and I, and I deliver the best services possible and I do all the right things, it will take care of itself and it does. Where my attention really needs to be is on what's important because um, if suddenly something happened to me or something happened to one of them, business doesn't really become that relevant. So my focus and attention is on, on the kids and on my family and stuff like that. So that's where my, my views come from. Yeah, and it's, and it's a good way of looking at it, flipping on its head. And I think it also alludes to the point you made about in the military when you lose someone. Uh, I love that message that you shared that. You said um, you actually focus on being the best that you can in respect of their life or now that they're not here and they're not present anymore. And I think, as you know, as I've recently experienced that with one of my best friends passing, between our group of friends, we literally said the same thing, you know, the best thing we can do out of this situation is to actually uh, be more impactful and create more value than we already would have done, especially now in respect of his name. Imagine how proud they'd be of you if they knew what you were doing and knew what an impact and a difference that you made in the world and it had a positive impact even on just one extra person in the world, that makes a difference. And, you know, living up, doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter. I found that for me, it didn't matter if I had a lot of money in the bank or I had a small amount of money in the bank. I still felt the same way 
about it. It didn't matter. The amount of money that I have is not related to the potential that I have. And I feel like, as I mentioned to you before, I feel like a caged lion sometimes because I'm not living up to my potential. But it was only recently that I became aware of being that caged lion and now I feel like I'm starting to live up to my my potential now and, and do those right things. And that's when I look back at, you know, all those people that suffered for us and 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 died in all of those ridiculous wars for us. That's where I look and say, well, am I living the best life that I can in memory of them in respect of that? And I feel like I'm I'm starting to. I'm starting to just get it. Maybe it's because I'm getting a little bit older, um, but I'm I'm getting it now. I think I'm getting it. You can, yeah, you can see it. You can feel it. And I think fair enough. Some yeah. people it takes, you know, it doesn't take that long, but then, you know, you've had other successes, but as you say, those successes aren't really uh, parallel to the kind of success you feel like you're going to create now. And you can see that in the mission and the vision you're going to create and not that what you were doing before was mm-hmm. invaluable, but you can just tangibly see the difference. You know, it's quite, yeah, for quite sure. to see. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy for you because because most people don't find that uh, that level of fulfillment and, you know, whether it be someone a bit younger like myself or, or yourself and especially as age goes by, we tend to get a bit more set in our ways and uh, if we're going to change, yeah, it's a little bit easier to do so when we're younger but fair play for, sort yeah. of, you know, taking a curveball at this age. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's all good, man. So uh, let's move on. So I want to get your thoughts, Robert, on the health and well-being industry being someone obviously who is very health conscious and has a long background in looking after themselves not just uh, physically but mentally as well what are your thoughts on the current state of the industry well, i'm i'm it's a good question i'm intimately involved in that with several different clients um and you know i, I like everybody, I'm looking for a new workout. I'm looking for a new way of doing things. I'm looking for a shortcut. But the, you know, if I if I look at the industry and I'll answer your question in a in a really super direct way because I'm kind of a direct person. Please. And I I think it's I think it's bullshit, man. Um, I think stop looking outside for a solution. The solution lies within. You know what to do. You know what to eat. You know you should be exercising more. Your output should be greater than your input. It's simple. The equations are simple. There's a lot of really amazing, fantastic help out there, some incredible mentors, some incredible programs, some unbelievable science out there that will help you achieve your goals faster. But at the end of the day, they're not going to do it for you. You're the one that has to do it for you. And I'm a little bit old school when it comes to that. You know, it's 10 degrees outside. It's freezing cold. I'll go and get my swimmers and go swim and laps in the pool at nighttime because I just – that's old school, right? Harden up, suck it up, get on with it, man. The water's cold, yeah. Do some laps and you'll be warm 10 laps in. You'll be all right. Or just go and swim 30 laps, you'll be okay. And I'm just old school about fitness and health and wellness and all of these different diets out there, all of this information out there. And the reason I'm a little bit cynical about it is this. For every amazing thing that I ever hear that's really convincing, if I go away and Google that and research that, there's 10 other people that say that that's garbage. Even though that that seems really, really logical and simple and useful, this, you know, here's how you do a muscle up. This is the progression to get to a muscle up. And then you go and Google progressions to muscle ups and there'll be 10 people there saying, don't do muscle ups, they're bad for your shoulders. And what am I supposed to do? I want to learn how to do a muscle up. I want to do this. I want to, and it's just so confusing. And, and in the end, you know, I think the simplest thing to do is just to look inside yourself understand and learn what you like to do and sure look out and take what they're saying but don't be too heavily influenced by people that are out there i think people already know what they need to do and as to the state of the industry well man it's i think it's progressing at an incredible pace i think science is helping us uh, understand the human body at a deeper level all of the science relating to the gut biome and all of that gut health is incredible. It's very, very interesting. It's extremely simple to understand and you can make some really simple changes that make a very big difference to yourself. Um, so I do love that progression. I do love the science aspect of it, but I, I'm a little bit tired of all the gurus, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm pretty much 100% with you. The 99, it sounds cynical, but it's not. It's just pragmatic. The 99% yeah. of 
the industry health and wellness is just bullshit as, as you said there's too many people just i think just trying to make a quick buck but not really caring about really people's va- their own values and, and a real mission and vision and as you say look inwards and, and look outwards but also be careful who you learn from because you know i've had a lot of students who come to me and i'm not saying i'm the holy grail or anything but a lot of students who come and the sheer amount of misinformation is is more the problem than the actual information because you have to as yes. you say sift through all the rubbish to actually get through to a nugget of gold and sometimes it's that journey like you say you research one thing find 10 things against it and it's a massive amount of as you say is internal and a lot more mental is bringing people to the water but you can't force the, the horse to drink so mm-hmm. what can you do you know if you're not ready and willing you know, you've got to meet us halfway. But when you do meet halfway and with the right guidance, uh, as I tell my students as well, is that then we can work miracles. Then you can really see your own potential. And as you say, it's look inwards and look at your own potential, whether it be business and or health. And um, yeah, the I guess on the more uh, positive uh, side, the, the science side is looking really promising. So, you know, I'd be looking forward to sharing some insights on that in the coming years. But I am also conscious of what, and we're looking at here is in particularly for, for men, Robert, is what issues do you see that men should be thinking about and or doing things differently? You know, I, I think I mentioned earlier just briefly that I, I live in a bit of a bubble. Um, I live in, a, in an amazing place in the – sorry, everybody, I don't want to divide the audience, but, audience, but I do live in the best country in the world. There's just <laughs> There's just no question about that. Our cricket team are a bunch of cheats, whatever, but um, we do have – the, the most incredible opportunities in Australia and I'm not I unashamedly promote that this is the best place in the world for business for lifestyle for all of those things and you know I think one of the as I've been on this podcasting journey myself and getting to talk to more people and just engaging with more people that I would otherwise not encounter in my day-to-day activity I, I think one of the really important things is men's mental health the bubble that i live in is is my business work and my children and my family which is all really really excellent it's really good it's as good as it could be it could always be better of course but it's as good as it could be but as i i look outwards outside of that bubble that i live in i find that there's a lot of people that really struggle and there's a lot of men that really struggle and use the adage of how you go mate yeah i'm all right and they put a facade up and you know what? It's, it's okay for a guy to ask, are you all right, man? Is everything okay? Are you okay? And it's all right for you to say, actually, nah, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm having a bit of a hard time with this. So I would encourage anybody that's listening, any guy that's listening, if somebody asks you, are you okay? Don't just be that regular bloke and go, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I'm fine. If you're not, speak up and say something. And I think that around in my circle there's been a couple of suicides in the last couple of years just from the most random things the most random people that you'd never thought that that would happen to and I don't think that there's many people that would be 30 years and above that that hasn't touched and that's purely related to somebody not being well enough to reach out for help because there's no reason that you should ever not feel that you're not loved because no matter who you are, there's someone close to you that loves you and cares about you and you need to put bygones behind you and just ask for help. And if somebody asks you, are you okay and you're not okay, please say you're not okay and and seek some help because there's so many professionals, there's so much help out there and there's so many friends and family that love you. And I think that that's a really big issue in men's health Particularly, I know in that's my anecdote in, in my experience that I'm seeing. And there's a bit of that that goes around in the media here in Australia. You know, from time to time, there's a story and they, they, they on the end of the news story, they say, if, if you're feeling sad or depressed, you know, contact Lifeline or contact Beyond Blue and they give you all of these services. And I think government and media outlets recognise that when they show a story about something like that, that it's not just that individual that that's happened to it's happening to many individuals like that so someone asks you are you okay and you're not speak up no great advice and yeah as you say maybe it's an ego thing or uh you know the complex of masculinity which you know we have to be masculine as as i guess both someone like you and i am and it has its place but we also have to be open enough to acknowledge a problem when there is one and uh, a lot of the times we shouldn't conflate the two masculinity and not being 
uh, able to be open with our problems. But I guess as well, it's maybe it's finding the right people to speak to because I guess we're not really comfortable with certain people. And if you are at home or you're on the same level as them, then you know you can really it can really do you justice and those around you to open up as well. So great advice, Robert. Just to wrap up with some signature questions, but one more before that, Robert, is I know you're a wealth of uh, knowledge, experience in particular as well, but are there any resources like websites, video, books, workshops, et cetera, that you would recommend to people listening? You know, that's a great question. I've been asked a couple of times in the last few weeks and for business, uh, in business, I believe everything is sales and sales is everything because without sales, you don't have anything. You don't have a business. You need to learn how to sell. And selling is innate for some people, but it's very, very difficult for others. And the biggest influence that I've had in the last couple of years in selling is a guy named Oren Claff, and he wrote a book called Pitch Anything. And he uses a thing called frame control. And Oren's Claff, Oren's Oren Claff's book really resonated with me. Um, that information there, it's pretty short. Um, grab the audio book if you don't like reading. I think I must have read the book about 30 times. I've listened to the audio book about 20 times. Every time I'm on the way to a bigger sort of sale, a bigger opportunity, I'll always put that audio book in my ears. And just because I've heard the material so many times, I can pick it up anywhere along the way and it just reminds me of what I need to do and how I need to behave. And that's helped me to be really super successful in business. And it's what it's done is it's eliminated um, a uh, scarcity mentality from my business where I don't have to do business with every single client that I come across. It's helped me to identify why I'd felt like that and how I'd felt like that. But it's also given me some structure around the delivery of my presentations. Uh, so from a business perspective, that's probably the number one go-to resource for me. I make sure that everybody within my organization has had their hands on that book in a physical sense or they have the audio book and I make them buy it, I make them listen to it and I question and quiz them about it so everybody's on the same page in relation to that because everybody in an organization from the receptionist down or up should be able to sell the company's products and services. That's what I believe. Um, from a personal perspective, um, the Jocko Willick podcast is a big influence on me because Jocko tells war stories and like them or hate them, you know, love or hate military history, I think it's important that every single person listening to this podcast listen to at least one Jocko podcast because it will remind you that the freedom that we experience today is just not free. And he shines a spotlight on it's like a book review podcast, really. He'll read you a book of military history and then he'll come out of the book and he'll give you a, um, a modern-day view of what they're talking about in terms of tactics, in terms of strategies and engagement. And then he goes back into the book and kind of just analyzes it like that. Some of the podcasts are pretty long and some seem a bit dry and I could see how you would kind of lose interest in that. But if you could, please go listen to one episode there because – the underlying message in there is freedom is not free and don't forget the sacrifice those other people have made for us to live the incredible lives that we live and the amazing opportunities that are afforded to us. For me, I like to be reminded of that frequently um, and I guess I like military history as well. I love the military aspect of it but that's deeply, deeply personal for me and I, I really, you know, some of the stories are harassed and listening to those stories and what those people experience are just like horrific and war is hell and it's just awful but you need to listen to this stuff and I think there's not enough of that type of stuff in modern day society to remind us where all of this has come from so I think that's really important um, those two things have been big influences on me have been really, really big influences on me. Other than that, I try and look inwards to formulate my own opinions. I try to look inwards to formulate my own view of things. Um, and those two external things have been um, extremely uh, influential in my life. Awesome. Yeah, Oren Claff's book, I've heard great things about it. I still haven't listened to it. It's on my wish list, um, but I'm definitely going to get get it through and someone especially with your success and I agree your perspective on sales is very interesting as well especially that the whole organization from someone you may not think is selling the receptionist but to everyone else throughout the whole cycle should know it and uh, the fact that you've gone through it like 20 30 times on each um, platform is amazing and to go to Jocko as well yeah 
great, super um, with you. I recommend Jocko's podcast as well. You don't have to be into military, but the lessons there as we talk about, whether it be military or martial arts from our side, whatever it might be, they definitely have a crossover to everyday life. So that's awesome. Yeah, totally. Brilliant. Yep. So let's wrap up on some signature sort of quick fire questions, Robert. We'll go through them. Just give us a, a sentence or two, uh, but feel free to elaborate if you need to. Yeah. Sure. So the first one is, what advice would you give to the young boys who are venturing into manhood? Commit, go all in. Whatever it is that you're going to do, whether you're going to uni, you're getting a trade, you're furthering your studies, or you're going to have a gap year, go all in, hook in and, and go as hard as you can at it and don't leave yourself an out. And if you come up against an obstacle, smash through that obstacle. Don't like go around it, go over it, go on, smash through the obstacles. Commit and go all in and see it through to the end. That's probably the, the follow-up to going all in. And once you start something, you're committed to it. So now you're committed to it. See it through to its conclusion. Yeah, don't uh, half-ass something or pussyfoot, you know, go all the way to the Absolutely. end. Absolutely. Yep. Like, what, if anything, keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I sleep like a baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's all those uh, flight simulation games, eh? But seriously, like you ask me what keeps me awake at night, I I do not have a, any trouble whatsoever going to sleep and I get up early and, and own the day early on as well. So no, nothing. Good. No, you're living in the present and living in your vision. So hence why you don't think too much at night. Love it. Let's say we're having a conversation another 10 years from now. What would you have accomplished in that time? My brand, um, my 100% of my businesses, plural, will be online. Um, my children will be grown up, my gosh. I'll, I would have had my life back a little bit that's not so committed to children and their wants and needs and I would have travelled some more. I would have travelled a whole lot more. I want to do a lot more of that in the next 10 years and I'm excited for that actually, um, going to different places and seeing different things, experiencing different cultures and being that digital nomad. Um, it's a little bit harder with kids and school and stuff like that but as the kids get a bit bigger, that becomes a little bit easier as well because they can be the digital students as well as they come away as you can be the digital nomad with them as well. So I'm excited by that and that's definitely something I want to do more of in the next 10 years. Yeah, love it. And from the student to the master, you pass back down to the new students who are your kids. So, love it. Absolutely. If you had the power to change one thing in the world, what would it be? I'd dispense with the political correctness. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I'm completely with you, but what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, You know, I think in day-to-day -day society, when you talk to most people, they don't get offended very easily. I think most people are pretty thick-skinned, but I think it's a big, giant media beat-up. And unfortunately, again, good or bad, we're surrounded by media, and media is a giant influence on people, like it or not, whether that comes from social media or mainstream media, print, written, or, or video, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, media is a big influence in our lives, and I believe that it's a media beat-up. I think most people are really thick-skinned and you can call people whatever name you want to call them. You can give them a shove and a push and they'll be all right about it. You know, it's not politically correct to do that, but I think most people are all right with it, especially if they know they're doing the wrong thing. Call a spade a spade is what I say. That's um, got me a long way in my life. Being politically, being not politically correct doesn't mean being a jerk. It doesn't mean being offensive. But it, but it does mean telling people how stuff is and telling them directly how it is. And for good or bad, I've um, done that a lot in my life and it's served me a little bit, but it's also bitten me on the bum as well at the same time. So I think there's a, a finite balance that I still need to learn in there. But, yeah, I would dispense with that, that PC stuff going on these days. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's an art in the modern day and age because, you know, you've got to find that balance between saying too much or too little. But as I said, honesty is the best policy. And if you can really tell people what it is they need and just let them face reality, then they can really understand that this PC stuff is BS and it doesn't help anyone, let alone themselves. Well, it's all in the delivery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're about to compose your own epitaph or obituary. What would it say? That dude, he went all in. 
Love it. I want to be known for something, right? And I want to be known for creating something. And as I get a little bit older, all this legacy business that's out there and leave your kids this and leave a legacy of that. And yeah, you know, it's, I, I, would, I would love to be known for the person that created the movement and, and created accountability related to the movement. So you tell me, Aiden, that you're going to go all in on your business and your podcast and you're going to do that. I'm going to hold you accountable to that, man. I'm yes, going to sir. come back to you and I'm going to ask you in three weeks' time, what are you doing to work towards that one-month goal and how, you know, you're only a week away from that one-month goal, what's happening? And I want to be known for the person that's been able to bring that to people because I think when you go all in on something and you, you're accountable not only to yourself but somebody else, you're living up to your full potential. And when you're living up to your full potential, you're bringing your very best of everything to the world. And when you do that, you're making the world a better place. So if I can be known as the person that helped people to go all in and just to plant that seed in their brain and help them be accountable to somebody else, I would have achieved my goal of leaving the world in a bit, bit of a better place than when I found it. Yeah, and as we all should strive to and can do, and you know, I'll hold you to that as well. I'd, I'd appreciate that accountability. And likewise, uh, I think there's so much we can, we can do with each other, and not just uh, us between us, but our legacies and the impact we want to provide as well. And it's it's far bigger than us. And when we look at it like that, totally. it's a beautiful thing. Love that. Yep. Last two questions, Robert, is how would you, your life and your impact be described by others at your own funeral? Man, that dude was intense. He was into stuff. He had to go at everything and he, try, he tried as hard as he could. He tried really, really hard and he was really super successful at some things and he failed spectacularly at others, but he had, a, he had a go and he left nothing on the field and he didn't die wondering. And that's kind of how I feel and I think people know that about me already. So hopefully that's how I'm remembered. Awesome. And in the short time I've known you, I definitely feel that way already. So love it. And last but not least, why do you think we exist? That is, why are we here? I've, I've asked myself that a lot. And where I arrived was to create. You are here to create. You're here to build things and to create things. Because when you build things and create things, you make the world a better place. And when you make the world a better place, you're living up to your potential and that can only be a good thing. And I love the, the process of creation. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't like either building their own house or renovating their own house or building a website or building a business or creating you know, the life that they want for their family or building on their child's uh, knowledge in school by helping them with tutoring everything is related and intimately related to creation and creating a better world and creating a better place. And I believe that I've created a lot of stuff in my life. I've created a lot of commotion in my life as well. Um, and like everybody, we all have, you know, we've all created that disruption in our life for better or for worse, but I've also built a lot of things as well. And there's a lot of satisfaction in building something and there's a huge amount of satisfaction in helping somebody else build something as well. So for me, the, the meaning of life for me is creation is to create. Awesome. And creation in all sense of the word. Love it. So to wrap up, Robert, is there anything else you want to mention and or tell us about, you know, your companies, uh, brands or projects you're working on? Please also share links to your website and social media, but I'll also add them in the show description as well. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the link to my website is goallin.com.au. And if you just search for Go All In in iTunes, you'll be able to find it in there as well. And you can reach out to me at robert at goallin.com.au and all the socials are on the website there as well. Awesome, Robert. It's been a pleasure having you and thank you for spending this time with us. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your journey and your wisdom and your experience with us. Yeah, no problems at all, man. Thanks for the opportunity. It was uh, a lot of fun and I love having those, uh, those deeper conversations. So thank you, mate. Thank you very much. That's been a pleasure. And I made Lee. This is the Fit Roots podcast. Thank you for helping us on our mission to build modern warriors.